Hello, and welcome to the Conclave Cast. We are a group of writers who connect emerging fantasy authors with readers on the hunt for the next titan of the genre. Every few weeks, we will introduce a new world, a new tale, and a new author so you can learn the story behind the story and meet the creator behind the pen. I'm your host, Lacey Hudson, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Sell Me On It. Today I have Tim with me and we're here for a very special episode. We're going to talk about a novella published by one of our own members, S. Judith Bernstein. But you all know them as SJ. SJ! Woo! Very excited. We've been here. I mean, how long have we been hearing about this, right? I'm so excited. They've been talking about In Shadow Dreams for so long because they hadn't published this when we, uh, when I had joined the group. So they've been talking about this a lot and I've had a couple of in-depth conversations and oh my gosh, I have some like super fun stuff for you in this. Super fun. No spoilers. Like insider, insider exclusives, but no spoilers. Thank you. Thank you. Or at least not too many. Well, it's it's hard to not like not spoil it because the blurb kind of spoils it a little bit. So, hmm. interesting. I know. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, if I know if I know SJ, I know they got a lot of hidden, like just nuggets. With that, if if they're giving information, it's intentional, and what they give is only the tip of the iceberg. So. Hit me with what you got. Well, easy place to start. We're just going to start with the book blurb. Pursued through New York City by those who hunt magic, college students Alex, Sean, and Ari learn that their friend Raven is a seer, a mage with the gift of foresight. Trapped and almost out of options, Raven blends the worlds of fiction and reality, handing her body over to a fictional assassin. Now Alex must navigate this new and unfamiliar world with the help of a fictional killer wearing his best friend's skin. What could a living story want? Was Raven a friend or an enemy? And is she still alive? Oh my, oh no. Oh, oh yes, but oh no. There's like, okay, there's a lot to unpack here. So much. I mean, let's just start with like the magic system because that's, I think that it's really cool. So... It's kind of um, an internal and an external sort of thing. There's sleepers, and then there are people that are awake. And the awake people can possess their magic. They they understand it. They can manipulate it a little bit. But it's not magic like hand-wavy, you know, la-di-da sort of stuff. It's more of an internal sort of recognition of the magic being available to them. Um, mm. So... Raven is a seer and can kind of see things in the future in blips and glimpses, but not really, um, not enough to know, like, this is going to happen, like, at this time, more like, oh, this is about to happen. This is coming, like, right now. I just had this. And it's very intrinsically connected to their health problems, I would say, um, So Raven has migraines and um, several other ailments that aren't like, they're not super big, but the migraines are a big deal in it. 
And um, when Raven, she has a migraine, she, um, you know, tends to kind of shut down a little bit. And then generally in these states, she tends to have like a little bit of a vision. And then crazy starts happening. So like there's one that kind of sets off the events in the book where Raven senses that some of the um so some of the hunters that um that kind of try to keep this in line but they're they're the bad guys. Um so they're coming for Alex, Sean and Ari and Raven when they're all together because they're all awake and that's that's how Raven found them. She can sense when there are people who are awake and can commune with the with the magic system so that's why raven has located these three people and become friends with them turned out she liked them that's yeah that's kind of how it all starts off is that raven senses that they're coming for them and while they're on the subway and then it just starts on this high-paced chase almost through new york city as more or less as we know it it never stops moving and it switches between place and time very rapidly um you get to witness alex telling a friend this in present day because they're trying to solve what happened to to raven and to bring raven back from what had happened to her okay hold on let's unpack that because i i feel like you've said a couple things that uh need a little unpacking for me so okay rub hands together mischievously so we have sleepers and people who are awake yes yes people who are awake are in tuned or at least aware of their magic yes to a sense yes some of them if you're not super awake like there's degrees of being awake right if you're not super awake at like there's whatever groggy. point yeah yeah exactly <laughs> um you know, there's like hungover, all of that too. Super fun. Um, <laughs> so there's levels of how in tune they are with it. And as you get to know the characters more, you learn where they kind of fall on that spectrum. So like Alex is very awake and that made it easy for Raven to find him. Okay. Um, and so what does... So, okay, you've talked about raven's ability as a seer like Mm -hmm. what are some of alex's abilities what does what does him being awake offer him he's just a little more able to sense the magic and to parse things out he doesn't necessarily have abilities like raven where she's a seer um but raven's also been awake for most of her life and alex is a little more new to it so it's not it's not super present of mind for for him. So he's just more able to kind of sense it, which comes in handy for him later when he's trying to parse out what happened with this this fictional assassin that took over Raven's body. Yeah, we're going to have to go into that cuz that th- there's uh, there's so much right in that sentence right there, but I know. okay, so I, I just want to make sure I'm following the magic system. There's one type sure. of magic and it seems like this ability to see visions. I believe that there's more to it. Yes. But that is the core central of what we get to see in the novella. Okay, cool. So Raven has actual clear 
this is about to happen vision that's that are pretty clear and alex is more just like hmm there's something i can feel magic at play like i can feel like i i guess i'm not following that um i wouldn't even say he necessarily can tell there's magic at play but it allows him to piece together the puzzle in general to figure out what's happening um and to be able to protect the others that he's friends with, uh, Sean and Ari, because it's like now he feels like there's responsibility. But mainly it helps him put the pieces together of what happened to Raven. And then it also gives him the ability to, I don't want to give it away because I, I really liked the ending. Um, it gives Alex the chance to save raven i guess is the best okay. way to put it but it doesn't come in the form of visions like I, no. you keep saying it what is it like how does his like uh, that's what i'm trying to understand what does his magic look like feel like we don't really get an explanation of that it's okay. kind of just he's able to to do the thing that he needs to do to save raven if i say much else i'm gonna give okay. it away I, I can tell yeah yeah, yeah. I can tell you're like, stop asking me this question. <laughs> okay, I get it. Fine, 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 fine. Okay, so let's let's let me de detour over to this uh, fictional assassin. Um, what? Let's talk about that. Oh my gosh. Okay, so if you know SJ, which at this point, all of you listening probably know SJ, and if you don't, go back and listen to some episodes. SJ loves to read. And they are able to pick up on subtle details that, like, I would miss. So one of the things that I really love about Raven is that she has the same love of books and stories. And it comprises a lot of her brain. So, like... It, you can see a lot of SJ and Raven, and I personally really got, dug that. Um, so this fictional assassin is from Raven's favorite book series, which is a fictional book series. Um, so this fact fictional assassin is kind of a Sherlock Holmesy sort of type. Um, his name is Laurie. So Laurie, he is basically summoned by raven's magic right because raven can't do what she needs to do partly because of her physical abilities and partly because of um a fight with the bad guys that had shown up recently before this raven manages to summon this fictional assassin into her body to take over and nobody knows what's happened nobody at all like this assassin basically morphs into raven like takes her memories and all and all of that sort of stuff just as it was but still knows like they're inside raven like that they're replacing raven but also okay they don't think that they can reverse this at all like how do you reverse that it's unheard of like you a fictional character it's not even like a real human being it's just a character from a book series and then another really cool element off of that is that you actually get blurbs out of this book series. Um, so 
you get to kind of see Laurie in his original element, which is super fascinating. And I've already expressed to SJ, but I need more of it. It is fantastic. Okay. I'm happy to tell you it's on the list, but it's very far down in the to be written list. <laughs> got it. Got it. Got it. I mean, I've, I've seen that list, so I can only imagine. Um, oh, gosh. Okay. So I need, I, I need to unpack. I'm sorry. I need to understand in order to like dig, dive in. So yes, Raven's Raven's abilities mm-hmm. to see the future, see like the, the very near future like what's about to happen is when you say summons it's like i'm assuming it's like an accidental like um almost opening a opening a rift in the time space reality continuum i don't know like and that's where this lori is coming from like how how lori gets but it's intentional it's not accidental it's very intentional on raven's part and raven's doing this why Because she's seriously inhibited because of the migraines and everything else that's going on with her body. Um, And as a result, like doesn't have a lot of physical strength or anything like that. So at the point that this happens, like Raven's exhausted. She's been saving these three people and basically like having these random visions and being like, we need to go like 10 minutes ago. And And she's protecting them from the hunters. Right, right. Okay, so, uh, okay, I think I think I'm I, I'm I'm slow on the uptake, but I think I'm getting it. So, Raven is, in order to protect her friends, mm-hmm. summons Lori to help protect the hunters because Raven, on their own, because of their limitations, wouldn't be able to. That's what I'm gathering. Right. Yeah. So she's trying to that, protect okay. them from the hunters. Okay, so I'm barking up the right tree here. Yes. Okay. Got it, got it, got it. But I'm assuming uh, Lori is kind of like, hey, I like having this control. I don't want to give it up. Is that where we're going here? No, actually. I mean, at first, maybe a little bit, but Lori has a life, like in their books, a fictional life, obviously. Mm -hmm. And it kind of comes to a head that Lori wants to return back to his own reality before this next book is released like i mean would you want to read about what happens in your life when you're not present in it you know while you're stuck in some other world so laurie's kind of in this like weird place where like he doesn't really have a life anymore and he's just trying to protect raven's body and give raven's body what it deserves because it's okay. not his. He's just the keeper of her body. Okay. So how how's Lori feel about being summoned? I think he understands why it happened. And I don't think he's necessarily upset about it. Um, just because of the way that he conducts himself and immediately takes on a similar personality to Raven. But it's really interesting how um, Alex figures out that it's not raven and it has to do with like another kind of big piece to this puzzle and that's that raven is arrow ace which is um aromantic and asexual basically that you just don't 
feel, you don't seek a connect, romantic or sexual connection with people that you meet. Okay. So that's Raven in a nutshell. And at one point, Lori looks at Sean and says something along the lines of like, oh, you're just jealous. And Alex is like, hmm. Raven would never say that because Raven doesn't think like that. Got it. Okay. So I, I imagine there's some inherent danger, though, for Raven upon summoning Lori. Because it sounds like she's lost in her own body if Alex is trying to save her. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. She's trapped inside her own head. And for most of it, you you don't even know 100%. Like, is she still there? And you don't even, for most of it, you don't even realize that Lori's taken over. Like, you're just along for the ride as much as any of them. And then it's not until Alex, like, flops forward to real time and is talking to his friend Liza um, that you kind of find out this is how he figured it out. And that was the point that I had just made. So, mm. and then they kind of like go trying to seek out Laurie to, to hire him as a hitman, of all things, of course, because he's an assassin. Um, Liza kind of figures out a way to help all of them. And that's all I can say on that. Okay. So what are these hunters want with the awakened they want control they want to manipulate and they want to more or less shut it down that's one of the big things is there's a gate that's closing on the magic system it's essentially like a bubble that goes over new york city like that's how i imagined it, it was just like this okay. bubble that prevents the magic from in and in or out so they're kind of just trying to grow that bubble from what i understood and picked up Okay. And okay. Another question, slightly different angle, very different angle, but um, it sounds like perspective is very important in this. Um, and at first I was like, oh, it's Raven's story, but it sounds like it's really not told. It might be Raven's story, but it doesn't sound like Raven's the narrator telling her own no. story because so who, who and it you keep mentioning like time jumps and Alex and in, in the present. So like, how what ride is the reader on like whose head are we in and how how are we experiencing raven's story so it is absolutely raven's story but it is told from the point of view of alex and there's the past which is with alex sean ari and raven slash laurie and then there's the present where alex is explaining this story to liza because they're trying to figure out how to to essentially stop these hunters from coming for them. Um, uh, okay, so yes. timing-wise, so okay, this is how I'm picturing it at this point. I love this. This is such a, this is such an SJ thing to do, and I love it. Right? I love it so much. <laughs> okay, it so, gets better. Wait until we get to the end because I have like seriously exciting stuff on this. Ooh yeah. Um, okay, so let's unpack this. Let me organize my thoughts. Computing, computing. Okay. Buffering, buffering. <laughs> yeah, right? That <laughs> pinwheel. My, my. Just spinning. Yep, spinning forever. Uh, okay, so when the story begins, 
I'm what I'm kind of picturing is uh, maybe not like like chronological story, like page one, so to speak, but the story in the sense of I imagine Alex is telling the story to Liza. He's backtracking to tell get Liza caught up. And then Liza is once Liza's caught up, then we go back into and then the present time is where we get kind of like midpoint to climax. I mean, kind of. So you have the start place spot on 100 mm-hmm. percent starts out with Alex explaining it to Liza. And then Alex gets to a point in the story and it shifts back. I believe it's about six months to when it like all crashed down with uh, Raven and the hunters and like realizing all of this coming for them. So, and then it'll be like, you'll get a little bit of that and then it will jump back to the present and Alex will be explaining something to Liza and being like, did you pick up on this thing? Liza's like, I have no idea what you're talking about type deal. And then it'll like explain a little bit, jump back into the story. And then occasionally it drops you completely out of the story and you get a little bit of Lori's story, which I know it sounds crazy and a little bit like off the cuff, but it was super interesting. And it actually really brought a lot of depth to the character that was inhabiting Raven. And then, and you said you loved the ending. So like this obviously all ties up and uh, comes together in a powerful way. So what, what were some of the biggest like, takeaways for you what did like you know it's based in new york city um so i imagine the world build it's more urban fantasy so there's less world Mm -hmm. building than we're used to from sj so what what really makes made this story for you was it the thematic stuff was it the character driven arcs was it i was definitely the character arcs um as we know with sj it's very complete all the time so that and then the dialogue between the the friend group was just it was so natural and when it would slip back in time um to either the before everything happened the when it happened the current time all of that you just really got a sense of the characters who they are where they come from the things that they struggle with um there's some neurodivergent characters so you really get the full scope of characters and Mm. they're ones that you don't always get in literature which was one of the things that I also enjoyed um and then I also just found myself looking for parts of SJ in this story because there Mm. were some parts that I was just like oh this this seems like something SJ would say or along those lines. So it was kind of fun. It was almost a little scavenger hunty for me. Like, Mm. so I loved it on a personal level, but I also just loved it on a storytelling level. And I thought the time jumps would throw me off. But once you get in there and it's just popping along, it doesn't throw you off at all. Like it's, it's seamless. Mm. And it's a very interesting way to, uh, mix to mix timelines uh, to mix you know character points of view to mix like uh, like I, I love that it adds like a whole new wrinkle to to storytelling as opposed to the you know beginning and middle end and it's like all chronologically right. aligned the same way that it's told so I, I think that's fascinating um, 
now what uh w- with these these characters um so you mentioned raven reminds you a lot of sj uh what about and you you met you so you mentioned the term neurodivergent correct getting mm-hmm. that right so can yes. you for for layman people like me and just boomers uh <laughs> could you give us a little like background what what you mean by that or what sj means by that in your own words i'd love to talk to sj about this as well but what i've actually talked to sj about this because perfect i really wanted to make sure that i understood the representation that they were presenting on this um because i could tell that it was something that they held very close to them and i didn't i i wanted to make sure that i was getting this right for them so neurodivergent and I love the way that they explain this to me because just like you, I had to be like, look, just give me the really like base level explanation. Talk to me like I'm in first grade. <laughs> right, exactly. So neurodivergent is kind of a catch-all for people with just like a different mental process. But the way they explained it to me that I found very SJ was that their DNA is just a different chemistry set. Like, it's just different. The way that they process, the way they think, the way that they do things is different than somebody who is neurotypical, who's normal, where they can just, like, process in a linear way. This is not that story. And I think Mm. the timing kind of really reflects on that, where it's leaping around. Yeah, that's fascinating. Like, it's almost like the, there's a, obviously there's a story on the page, but there's also a story between the lines. um, And it's like, you're going on a, on a roller coaster ride, both literally and figuratively. Like, you know, does that make sense? Yeah. Like as you're reading it, yes, you're getting the roller coaster, the characters are on, but you get to kind of experience kind of like almost for a neurotypical brain, you're getting like a little bit of the taste of what that neuro neurodivergence might feel like in terms of the disorientation of like, just not the, the, not the typical ride of, of the story. Is that, is that, is that how you felt reading? Yeah. I mean, so I had this conversation with SJ partway through reading it um, because I was intensely curious and I had to ask the question. So, yeah, that I mean, that's exactly how I felt about it. And it wasn't in a way that would throw you off or out of the story, because I know that that can definitely happen when you're jumping between times and points of view and characters are just like on and off the page together, but you never really felt like it was disconnected. It just felt like it was a natural storytelling of somebody's brain. And it went from like the conversation they were having to the actual memory of the thing. Okay. I mean, I, it sounds, it sounds very fascinating. Um, And I love that, you know, it's a different ride. It's like how we, how we tell a story. um, We've talked about it, right? There's, there are formulas, there are templates, there are, you know, things that need to happen, but you have to know the rules in order to break the rules. And we all know SJ knows the rules. So of course SJ's breaking the rules. They literally just said this to me in the last episode we recorded together. And it like, it's so funny to hear you say, Almost exactly, almost verbatim 
the same <laughs> exact words. Because yes, you have to understand story structure in order to know where you can, you know, take your brass hammer and shatter it. So get all divergent on it. Okay. So right. <laughs> very I love that. I love that. Uh so what what else can you tell me? Like uh so you mentioned Arrow Ace earlier. Mm-hmm. Um how I've never read I've never read a I've never read a story where the um if it, well not the primary viewpoint character in this setting but the, where the the main protagonist if you will um mm-hmm. has those qualities so that's also you know very different very awesome so what what does that kind of you know look and feel like and and can you talk a bit about that so arrow ace as i mentioned before it's aromantic and asexual and you just you don't have attraction to anyone you don't seek romance you don't seek anything sexual at all but at the same time like it's not a huge plot point it's just something that comes up multiple times Mm. and then well it sounds like it is a huge plot point if that's how if that's how alex is able to be like wait 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 hold a tick right that's but it's not in your face either but because of this there's no romance there's love. There's love between the characters, but it's not romantic love. There's sure. nothing like that. And any level of love that's between the characters, it's completely on a platonic level. Well, you know, I mean, you know me, Lacey, and uh, yeah, I'm not. I don't think I'm going to be able to read a book like that if it's not soapy and sappy and and romance on every page <laughs> and just littered in smut. Yeah, I, I can't even tell the lie with a straight face no that i'm no, fine with this <laughs> i'm good with this um and it, you're, you're right that is it is very fitting we've all heard sj you know complain about uh heteronormative romance story arcs and just like right it's very on we brand. go again yeah for sure so i'm i'm so curious to see it in action um and you know give me a story that's not bogged down with that. And you mentioned the, the pacing oh, yes. and who yeah. like, hold you on. You don't to have your, to worry about to any of that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like the most exciting part of this was I happened to ask SJ about um, their to be written list in general And we kind of just started talking about it, and they revealed to me that um, this is kind of going to be attached to their main project, which is an Arthurian tale. So these are completely different worlds, realms, understandings, everything. Like, I couldn't see the connection. And then they just sat there, and they're like this and this and this. And they're like, "I, I didn't write it like this. But I went back and I was editing it after having written some of the Arthurian tale. And they were just like, I just saw all these connections between the stories. And it's like I was writing this not even knowing that it was connected. I I just found that that like, like, of course you found a way to connect these two completely different worlds and find Merlin, your main character in your Arthurian, like, huge story, and connect it to Raven. Like, how did you even manage that? SJ, that's that's the only answer. Just, that's just what they just do. Just how? 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very I cool. Just, I love that. I'm still mind blown about it, obviously. And you know, I like, I'm, that's what I'm building too. Everything, every story is interconnected and woven through with a through line and um, there's Easter eggs. Like, I love that. That There's oh. so much to sink your teeth into when um, the details matter, you know? And every detail matters in this. Front to back. I mean, even when you're dropped into Lori's story, every detail in there matters. And pretty much all of it comes full circle, which seems crazy. How do you interweave a fictional story into, like, just the through lines? They always find the through lines. And it was it was a ride. Yes. Does, can you do me a favor? Can you go back and read the blurb again? Now that like now that I have more understand, because the first time you read the blurb, I was like, there's a lot here. I don't see how any of this. Yes. connects. But now right? now that I've now that I have some understanding, can you blurb me again? Yes. OK. OK. Yeah. Hit me with the blurb. Pursued through New York City by those who hunt magic. College students Alex, Sean, and Ari learn that their friend Raven is a seer, a mage with the gift of foresight. Trapped and almost out of options, Raven blends the worlds of fiction and reality, handing her body over to a fictional assassin. Now, Alex must navigate this new and unfamiliar world with the help of a fictional killer wearing his best friend's skin. What could a living story want? Was Raven a friend or an enemy? And is she still alive? Yeah, now that all hits. And I'm just like, like okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's like now, I mean, it's such a succinct way, but I'm like, there's my brain's trying to keep up. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not following that. Like, I needed mm -hmm. those, like, to ask those questions. But now, like, it makes so much sense. And I love how that just all comes together. Like, I understood it. I, I, yeah, I feel so much better about the blurb now. Right. Having, yes, wow, wow, wow. Because, and I I was looking for what it was and like what about the blurb made me like, why wasn't I getting it? And it's Raven, 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 Raven. And then it goes, Alex is trying to figure Raven out. And I think that right. for me was like the disconnect. But what's so interesting is that's exactly how, the story is told and exactly how the perspective is kind of yes. changed and tweaked. So it makes it like how it's written makes perfect sense. But like my brain was just like, I'm not following. Well, because now, how many, like how many stories do you read where it's like your protagonist, your like main character essentially isn't your point of view character. That's not a very common occurrence, but it makes sense, especially with the way it ends. The one that comes to mind that I can think of off the top of my head is Shawshank mm -hmm. Redemption. Ooh, Shawshank Redemption, right? Because like mm -hmm. it's it's told from I don't even remember his name, but it's told from Red's perspective about Dufresne. Right. Morgan Freeman about the other guy. I don't remember. I, I mean, I don't he, have. You know me with names, so. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but so yeah, it's not told from the primary characters, the right. viewpoint character. And the character the story the story is about don't have to be the same for it to all line up and work. Right. And I, it, it's it sounds like such a wonderful way of 
telling this story about a um a neurodiverse character yes yes and and like just the way that it leads you into it and it doesn't throw any of these things into your face like it's it's not made to be a big deal. It's not being like, oh, I'm inclusive. We're representing underrepresented, underrepresented <laughs> checkbox, things. Checkbox, like, checkbox, right. Checkbox. It's <laughs> not like that. And that's, I think that that's part of the beauty of it. It's also like, as you've mentioned, it's, it's, it's true to the author. It's their experience. Right. So right. I can't wait. I, I know like, so Audience, I've had to just sit on the sidelines and wait so that I could have an authentic sell me on it experience. But now I get now I, I'm finally going to get my opportunity to uh, read and, and listen a lot. So this this makes so much sense. I'm so excited now. Like now that I know more, like. Let me at it. Right. And it's it's super crushable. Like. It's published on Kindle Vela, which is kind of not super accessible for some of our um, our listenership. You can only get it in the U.S. and um, usually only on like mobile devices. Like I had to read it on my phone. I couldn't even read it on my Kindle. Interesting. But I know it's not compatible for whatever reason. But if you've ever read like webtoons or anything like that, that's comic book and scroll based, that's what this is. It's just chapters episodes they're called and you just scroll through it tracks your progress tells you how long you have left to read and then at the end you get little um like author notes and blurbs and stuff like that so it was really cool to be able to read the story get a little note from sj at the end and then move on so it was super crushable again it wasn't super long but at the end i'm i'm literally like messaging sj going Please give me more Lori because I just like I just loved his story so much. And then it was like there's so much buried in this that they are bringing into their other works. That it was like I just need to read it all, okay? Like I I'd say I want to be in their head, but it sounds like a scary place at the same time. So like I'll just wait for them to get it out onto paper, but I'm very impatient. SJ, I'm very impatient. Please give me what I want. <laughs> uh, but it, it also makes all the other stories that they're working on fascinating because, like, now you know from reading the you know the the Arthurian legend, the Arthurian retelling. Now it's going to be like, ooh, how is this going to? How does Raven going to use this? Or how can right. Raven use that? Like, you know what I mean? So oh. there's uh. Ooh, the world of possibilities has just opened. It's expanding by SJ definitely has something up their sleeve. Hundred percent. There's something that they are planning and not telling us. And I don't blame them, but there's something going on here. It's gonna be amazing to see flourish outward. I can't wait. I know. <laughs> right faster, SJ. Jeez. Yeah, right. No, that's awesome. Consider me sold. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, I don't get it. I, I that's how I <laughs> felt in the beginning. I was like, I don't I don't get it. Uh but no. Of course, like I I anything anything SJ writes, I, I that's why I was like, I really? I'm not I'm I'm not get I get it now. I'm right. so on board. 
Um, I'm also not very good at explaining this because it was kind of the same feeling when I started reading it because it's throwing you between time frames and characters and all of this. And I'm like, what is even happening here? It's, you know, I'm, I'm half asleep trying to read this and going, wait, what? And then you get a little bit in and it all starts clicking together in this wonderful puzzle piece or puzzle where you just have the pieces. It sounds like you're learning along with Alex. Like, yes, you you know, when you're um, there's stories where it's you can't you almost can't trust the narrator. You know, the it's an unreliable narrator in this sense. It's almost an unreliable narrative in a sense. That's what I'm kind of gathering. It's an unreliable narrative in this because um, for a neurotypical brain, that's like, this is how I'm expecting to process this and it's not giving it to me in the way I'm used to. So I'm Mm -hmm. confused. I'm frustrated. I'm concerned. And then all of a sudden it starts coming together as Alex is piecing it together. I think that's exactly, it's like, it's meta. It's just like a layer within a layer that, that, Damn. I know. I'm a little jealous. Not yeah, gonna my lie. Brain, I can't do that. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I can't uh, that, either. My pinwheel would still be spinning. I would just be like a top. I would just be spinning endlessly. Well, I'm glad oh, I got the I page that. in your brain to load. Like yes, the browser uh, is fully up and running now. Page is loaded. Uh, CPU is, is like... We're firing on all cylinders now. We avoided 404 not found. Glad oh, no. <laughs> Blue screen of death and just like, <laughs> no, I do not need to be rebooted just yet. Give me give me a minute and uh, then we might have to revisit that. But <laughs> wow. Nope. Lacey, consider me sold. You did it. I love it. I'm glad. <laughs> so for anyone who wants to check out SJ's amazing In Shadowed Dreams, Check it out on Kindle Vela. It it was so worth it. It's a quick read. And I mean, we're going to obviously we're going to have SJ on for some interviews. And like, I just know that I have so many questions and I can only imagine the what the buffering's going to turn out for you. So <laughs> that'll be a lot of fun. That'll be so much fun be. to get all the insight. I like I said, I've been deprived. I've been left on the outside looking in i'm left excited in to get on the inside <laughs> well excited I'm to be here so thank you for joining us for another episode of sell me on it and we can't wait for you to join us for our next adventure <laughs>